boy's best friend is his mother. Janet! Dr. Scott! Janet! Ah! Oh, you're so cool, Brewster! I guess everyone's entitled to one good scare, huh? It was an asylum! And it was hell! 20 years of pure hell! Movies don't create psychos! Movies make psychos more creative! They're all gonna laugh at you! Hey, shouldn't you be folding towels somewhere, sniffing jock straps? You better give me those shoes, then mine give them back to me! How many times do I have to tell you Ursula Andres belongs with the transvestites, not the perverts? Oh, you heterosexuals. It rubs the lotion on its skin or else it gets the hose again. You're a bullshit artist. They're coming. They're coming. Welcome to Scream and Queens, the horror podcast with the queer eye view. My name's Jonathan Larkin. I'm Jonathan Butler. I'm Martin Fennity. And I'm Stephen Moore. And tonight we are talking about the video nasties. Now, people who have been listening to us from the beginning will know that we, one of our very early episodes, I think it was our third one, was about video nasties. We sort of touched on them then. We discussed a few of the more famous and infamous video nasty titles. So we thought, um, because there's so many of them, there's like 72 just on the first list. Um, So we thought there's plenty more where that came from. So we decided we'd go back and talk about them even more. Um, because on that list there are many varied horror movies ranging from rape revenge to aliens to well some downright bizarre films anyway. <laughs> if you listen to us from the beginning, if you're if you're a fan of Scream and Queens, then you will you'll have an idea about what the video nasties what the video nasties situation was. But just to sort of give it a bit of a bit of a recap, early eighties Britain under a Tory government there was a big boom of VHS. Videos were becoming more and more, um, become more and more popular, freely available, and basically a lot of people who p- probably couldn't afford to go to the cinema so much anymore were finding new ways to watch films, and that was through the video, the video shop. Anyone who grew up in the eighties will have. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. Mm-hmm. I'm dying, by the way. <laughs> Stephen's full of. <coughs> to be fair, I'm just getting over mine as well, and we're probably going to give one to Martin and Jonathan. So. Yeah. Stephen's got a zombie possession. <laughs> <laughs> There's lots of unemployment and you video stores cropped up all over the place and they were just easy ways for people to make money or enhance the corner shop or yeah. whatever, get people to get people to come in or go round in a van. And video recorders were just coming into their own. So you know, it was a good it was it was an easy way for people to access access films. Mm-hmm. My auntie had of her own sort of illegal video shop in her front, in her like front parlor. Yes. I don't know where she came across all the videos, but her and her and her husband um, started selling videos out of their front room. Yeah, my my local video shop was someone's front room. He just turned into a little counter. He did he'd rent the videos over the counter. Yeah. 
It's amazing. But basically, I mean, you're looking at a time when a lot of people were out of work. Um, going to the cinema was a was a luxury that a lot of people couldn't afford. So they basically found a way to watch films, and that was through the video shop. Part of um, a, a, a part of what I was really interested about that time was it wasn't really regulated, so you could get any kind of film from you know the most extreme types of film, and you could watch it usually uncut, uncensored, up until up until a point. And um, the only things that were kind of regulated were if it involved hardcore porn, mm. um, you know, spoiled yeah. sports. We weren't really allowed to buy those sorts of things in the video shop. I think some of the films relied on that as well, didn't they? Especially like Cannibal Holocaust, because yeah. that was sold as like a found footage. Yeah. And the fact that it never, was never regulated, the government never saw it. You could kind of believe if you'd seen a, a crappy yeah. copy of a, you know this VHS you got from the video shop, maybe you know, you'd believe it was real. We really screwed ourselves this time. Trying to try to stay there for the last shot. I don't even know where we are now. But I know they I know they uh, they followed us and we lost everything trying to escape. We're screwed, we're trapped. Watch it, Alan, I'm shooting. Oh good lord. It's unbelievable it's it's horrible i can't understand the reason for such cruelty There was a lot of there was just they just built they built up a lot of hysteria around it didn't they yeah around kids being corrupted by <laughs> the films that they were freely freely available in people's homes yeah. and you had lots of and this was sort of the key to it really you had lots of middle class or political and media people in the political and media release saying this is terrible we must save our children and it was actually and in the main it was about working class or lower middle class children or families being viewed as not being able to com- regulate themselves yeah. and regulate what they what the members of their families could would watch or yeah. not watch <clears throat> it's really interesting because when you go back and look at it um it, i think it was I, th- I think it was 1982 or 1983 there was a sunday times journalist who went to this film fair and was um had the chance to watch a lot of horror movies and he came up with the he coined the phrase video nasties and he sort of came away from that with a bee in his bonnet. And then that became his sort of agenda, um, you know, attacking these films that were coming out and people were allowed to watch freely. And then, obviously, it got to, like, Mary Whitehouse, who was, like, the sort of, who dubbed herself the moral guardian of the of, of the British people. And Queen Bitch. Basically. <laughs> and it sort of took on a life of its own then. And the, the, when you look back at it, the, the, the initial target was they, they were telling people... They were saying to adults, these films will put you in danger. These films are a danger to you. But I, th- I get the I get the feeling that um, much like what's happened today, most adults turned around and were like, "That's ridiculous! Don't be so bloody stupid." So they decided to take another tactic and, and went after the children. Hmm. Basically, they said, "Look at what it's doing to your children," and they relied on um, there were reports, there were reports and papers that came out saying, you know, with all of these sorts of scientific reasons why that why these films would be harmful to people and dogs and uh, and dogs <laughs> that was a famous quote wasn't it famous quote <laughs> what, dogs yeah, yeah. There, was, there was an MP called Graham Bright 
and he kind of he had his own agenda as well, and he he sort of took it upon himself to push this legislation to legislation to get the film censored and banned and all that. And um, he went on record without any hint of irony, and you can watch it now on YouTube. He went on record saying, "I also believe that these films are, are actually harmful to dogs." Uh-huh. I believe that uh, research is taking place, and it will show that these films not only affect young people, but I believe they affect dogs as well. And that so was he like, made Cujo happy. <laughs> he made Cujo happy, um, and that was accept that was deemed acceptable. The that's, way he, that he said, ridiculous. So uh, yeah, so it's sort of a spiral from there, and um, and then you had there was a list, wasn't it, of seventy two titles? Yeah, there was seventy two. They wanted to prosecute, and I think only about thirty two ends up being actually prosecuted. Yeah, thirty nine. Thirty nine. Thirty nine. I think basically, um, and the thing, the funny thing that kicked it all off apparently was um, they had a distributor called Vipco. They took out a full page ad in a, in a film magazine. Um, to promote their new horror movie and it was the Driller Killer um, and it was the, the famous image um, if you google image Driller Killer the first thing that comes up is the cover image and it's a guy with a drill being drilled into his eyes or his eye um, and basically people so that was on shelves that was on magazine shelves across the nation and people took umbrage with that so that's kind of the thing that triggered it all it's just eternal censorship there's always just cycles of what normally the upper class tell you what you can and can't watch and what it's going to do to your children it used to be comic books then it was films now it's computer games and stuff it was just you can't do this it makes you psycho but I think we're a testament that we've done all this we've seen all this and I've yet to kill anyone yet 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 because I'm plotting the <laughs> <That> perfect <laughs> murder. <laughs> I always get the vibe. I get the feeling though, looking at the way we're going and with Brexit and the sort of the sort of widespread kind of um, you know everyone's sort of disenfranchised, aren't they, and disenchanted. Hmm. And I, I I get the feeling it's only a matter of time. I feel like there's going to be something, you know, something is going to happen eventually that will be blamed again on a film. And I don't think it's beyond the realms of possibility that this but could happen again. It yeah. never really stopped. They still blame stuff on computer games. Computer games <coughs> are the new target for it. Yeah, they it, are. It, the just, it, it just moved from, as they said, it moved from, you know, the 30s it was films, and then it was, in the 50s it was comics, and then it was films, videos in the 80s, and it's been computer games since about the 90s. So it just it just moves on to whatever the next media yeah, is. And that would be virtual reality games yeah, and stuff be, like that. Yeah. You can virtually stab someone or you can't have this yeah. <laughs> it's never real though it's, it's actually it's only ever a device for for the powers that be to exercise some form of control or yeah. attempt to exercise some form of control it, yeah. Yeah. over the wider population and you and it never entirely it never entirely works or it's discredited further down the line but it creates a lot of well it, it's in, it's in, unethical at the very least isn't it whilst it happens because they do exercise that control yeah and yeah. Scream movies says it best Scream yeah movies don't create psychopaths they just make psychopaths more creative yeah I totally and it's completely yeah. true yeah it always is yeah definitely um, we now live in a we now live under the Tory government again and people keep saying don't do that. It feels like we're moving backwards, and I, I there's a, there's a lot of parallels now with with our society now. That that at the same with what was 
what it was like back then in mm. the 80s, I think. I, d- I, so I don't think it's beyond... I personally don't think it's that bad. I think the BBFC has been pretty hands-off recently. You've had, yeah. You know, you can get away with most things in films now. Likes of uh, Love and Nine Songs and all those with actual pornography. And, and, yeah. You know, yeah. That's on Netflix. You can go and watch... Yeah. You can go watch it on Netflix now if you want it. Just, yeah. I, I can see what you mean, but I don't... I think the BBFC... Being separate from the government mm. is well, I It won't necessarily happen through the BBFC. Mm. Yeah, I think. But I think there will be. There'll be something. There'll be some form of hysteria about something. That's what I mean. Yeah, that that, that crops up at some point, and maybe maybe the chaos of Brexit is the only thing that is keeping it at bay right now because it, that's such a mad mm. phenomenon, so complex of things to deal mm. with, unprecedented. Yeah. It's gonna that's gonna dominate absolutely everything for the next two years. Yeah. But then once people start to get <coughs> pissed off with the impact of Brexit and the realities of it, and once people's the cost of living starts to really go up mm. and people start to be disenchanted, yeah. the government will distract will utilise some sort of control and hysteria yeah. to distract from that. Yeah, yeah. To say that we're the only people who who you can trust to deal with yeah. this. This is the moral fear the moral you know, the moral outrage that you that you yeah. can't control that we need to yeah. control for you. Yeah, yeah. And that's what'll happen. They just need something to happen and they, yeah. they need that next thing to trigger it. Um so that's what I mean. Because like you, you just said about stuff being on Netflix, the internet's come along and made it a lot harder for them to do what they did back then because people can't just access anything. No, but what I mean is that film would have to go to the BBFC first to get a rating and the BBFC is not slapping you know, you've got to cut this. They're not requesting as many cuts now as it yeah, is. Yeah. No. Yeah. Maybe, but maybe what they'll do is they'll control the internet. Mm. Yeah, they do in China. Mm. And you, there's just this week, they've announced you that it's voluntary, but Google and is it Bing <coughs> are going to voluntarily take an action to um, place streaming sites. There's obviously pressure on those huge organisations to do that voluntarily. Yeah. So maybe it's only a matter of time before there is greater restriction in the internet. Whether that's that might not be globally, mm. but mm. you it could be this country. We could see it happening elsewhere. Yeah, there'll be some sort of there'll be some sort of backlash and yeah. attempt to control. We do have censorship now that we've never had on well not for a long time on pornography. Yeah, which is now you can't show any form of abuse or pornography is going rape. moving backwards, isn't it? They're trying to, they're, they're either trying to or they have banned. It is banned sitting on someone's face. Oh wow! In a porn movie. Spoil that. That's that's honestly that's like something that. Yeah, any force or restriction of people is just completely banned now in the UK. Yeah. It's just like it's pathetic. Yeah. Just because you want to, like, fantasy and reality is two separate things. Mm. Just like. I might enjoy watching someone get killed in a film. It does not mean that I want to go out and kill someone. <laughs> no, I know. It's just pathetic, and it's just a way to control us and tell us that. I think it's patronising. It's like we're so stupid. Monkey see, monkey do, kind yeah. of vibe. Yeah. Well, that's exactly what they did. I mean, regulation regulation in of itself isn't a bad thing, but I think it's it's how it's utilised in those moments where they decide to 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 try and. Try and create some sense of them being the only, the you know, the guardians of your moral being, and, the, to, to, and when it is about that distraction from something else, and it's senseless, <coughs> you know, the whole video <coughs> thing, 
you can look at some of the films and wonder why, even in, even putting it in the context of the time, why on earth anybody would have thought it was something that needed to yeah. be banned because it's they're so they're so cartoonish or just or tame or yeah. <clears throat> who'd ever have thought that they were they were a problem. It's interesting what you say about regulation itself not being a bad thing because it's not, but it's the agenda that's behind mm. it. It's the agenda that's behind it. <coughs> Mary Whitehouse's agenda. She was like a god squad. Yeah. She, she was like. Mm. Um, she wanted to talk down to people because of her Christian, so-called yeah. Christian beliefs, and then she got in with an MP, the likes of Graham Bright, who were mental. Mm. You know the kinds of people who who would say things like, you know, oh, that it's harmful to dogs, and not think, hang on, I sound like an absolute <laughs> gobshed there. You know, they had their agenda, didn't they? They had, they had yeah. their agenda for wanting to oppress. They were under Thatcher. They wanted to oppress the poor. And I'm sure, you know. I'm sure I might, I'm hoping I'm not making this up, I'm sure in that video nasty documentary we watched for episode three, he appears in it. Yeah, he is. And nice. actually he's no, he's unapologetic yeah, for that still, view, yeah, yeah. 30, 30 years on, he doesn't, he doesn't, he doesn't any, he doesn't have any objectivity about that. And so you, there is that, there is something very ridiculous about <laughs> it. And... Yeah, you're right, it is about the agenda and it is about, yeah. there is just a balance that, that becomes distorted, you know, yeah. it becomes fascistic or <clears throat> you totalitarian in its approach. Yeah. yeah, the irony of a lot of it is that most of those films would be totally forgotten if they were not for them being banned. That's the funny thing, some of them are so, so shit bad, yeah. that if they hadn't come along, yeah. they would have quite rightfully vanished into the yeah. yeah. I think... The difference with the films that we chose the first time round to the ones we chose this time is that some of those films I can kind of get the justification. Yeah. Like they are quite brutal. Like kind of a holocaust. Kind of a holocaust mm-hmm. last, last house on the left. left. You know they're really kind of graphic. New York Ripper. It's it's all kind of very explicit. Yeah. And then these ones, which are also on the same list mm-hmm. that we're going to talk about, relatively tame. Well, yeah, I mean, it, what the way the I suppose the films we've chosen it just goes to highlight the stupidity of the whole fucking yeah. thing. Yeah. Um, it's pathetic. It's it's ridiculous that the the sorts of films that were lumped in together. The, the, the story of Fun House is a good one. Yeah, that's very funny. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. So basically, funnily enough, we we chose four, which we'll probably do two tonight and then two in our next episode. We chose four, and three of them are from nineteen eighty one. And one of those yeah, and we thought we we would actually choose some of the more random choices um, on the video nasties list. Uh, some of the stuff that you would just watch and think, "What the hell?" That's exactly what I did. Why, <laughs> <laughs> why on earth a was the film made? Why on earth was it a video nasty? You why know? on earth am I being subjected to it now? <laughs> yes. So that I mean, <laughs> sorry. I mean this. So, was this your choice? Yes. This is my choice. Right, yeah. so our first uh, our first film that we're going to discuss... Although I have mentioned it before as well. I yeah. mentioned it last time. Uh, so, our first film that we're going to discuss is from 1981, directed by the Polish film director Andrzej Zalewski, and the film, which is uh, a polarising film, <laughs> see what I did there, is called Possession. So, to give a brief synopsis of the film. What the heck, go on. I'd like to know what actually happens, because I don't. Okay, right. <clears throat> so, Possession is set in West Berlin, before the wall fell. And it stars Sam Neill and Isabel Asjani as a couple, Mark and Anna, 
and their relationship is kind of on the on the outs. It's breaking down. And then basically Anna fucks off and leaves Mark and their son and Bob without explaining herself. And then confused, Mark finds out that she's got a lover. Heinrich. Heinrich, who will never ever leave my nightmares. <laughs> <laughs> so he goes off to confront Heinrich. He expects that Anna's going to be there, but she's not. And then Heinrich reveals in his own um, his own unique, unique way. <laughs> um, he hasn't seen Anna for a while. So it's like, well, what the hell's going on? So Anna doesn't just up and leave. She keeps coming back. And it's like, he, he does everything he can to keep her. But she's basically saying, it's it's over. I don't want to be with you anymore. But she keeps going off somewhere. So he decides to get himself private and investigates her to follow her. He follows her to a um, crumbling tenement block in Kreuzberg. There he finds that Anna, in a slightly unexpected turn of events, is living in an empty apartment and she's hiding a bloody octopus tentacled creature under the bed and she's also fucking it. Um, and so basically on the surface of it, that's the synopsis. Now, Martin, can you just can, can you I just, can, can I give the <laughs> can I give the synopsis that attracted me to this film? <laughs> Come on, the synopsis I that attracted me to this film was the relationship between an international spy and his wife begins to break down, and she incre- displays increasingly disturbing behaviour after after asking him for a divorce. Now, that was the basically the synopsis that I was saw in Bosch. Yeah, just that that sounds was... amazing. Let's watch that because I, I like a bit of an international spy and his wife. This explains the scene. Now. That scene at the very yeah. start. Yes. Yeah. 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 See, I thought he was a psychiatrist. Right, I'm very confused now. I'm even more confused than I was in the first place. You'd... But this does explain the it scene. It will never right? make any sense. I think no. Heinrich is a psychiatrist, isn't he? Or like a therapist or something. Yes. New AEG. He is. Is he? Probably Reiki or something. Yeah, yeah. some sort of therapy. Reiki, yeah. Reiki. Uh, what was like a karate shooter? Oh, that's a lot. <laughs> Strangely choreographed. Yeah. I'm sorry, out. listeners, I'm doing the moves now, but you can't see. Yeah, Just but, imagine yeah. the fabulous. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm Vogan, basically. So I'd never seen this film. I didn't know anything about this film, and I've been asked to choose one of the four films we were going to watch tonight. Um... And so John had sent me the list of his nasties, and I did basically pick pretty much a random selection after Stephen said, Martin, you have to pick a film. <laughs> right, so Stephen. Oh, so I'm going to And the Jonathan, and Jonathan, Jonathan sublimely influenced me through many episodes to choose this film. So I'm, <laughs> I'm taking no responsibility for the dreadful experience we have all had. I don't have I a dreadful experience. Oh, I, I think it's a good film. I like it. I, I really, really like no, it. I fucking hate it. <laughs> <laughs> what, what, I lo- what I love is that people go on, people talk about fil- a lot of films out there that they say are Marmite films. They really split the audience. And finally, we found one we that were. really, really Definitely. does. This was the worst film I've ever seen in my life. Wow. Right. Okay. Do not remember our blistering teardown of um, the werewolf film? That's just gone on my head. Yes. 
Right, we, we told our past. I see redeeming features in that film. There are moments that were pure joy. This was like the most traumatizing experience in my life. My notes consist of is it over yet? <laughs> <laughs> is it nearly finished? <laughs> I'm so excited within the last 10 minutes. Like, it's the worst experience. Oh, just don't watch it. I would put. I would actually agree with Stephen. I would watch Cursed again <laughs> rather, than, rather than ever watch this film ever again. Yeah. Or be asked to watch any film by, by this director wow. ever again. That's that's, that's how strongly that's I'd saying feel. something. Wow. Okay. Well, that, that that's my uh, after podcast party out doing. <laughs> <laughs> I had a, a film third part of the night for our wind down film after the podcast. Um. Well. Okay. Well, I think. I did think if someone comes to me saying, I watch Possession and I hated it, I would be like, yes, I completely understand why you hate it. It's it's completely like, it's just so confrontational from the beginning, right to the end. There's no let up. Everything is so cranked up to the power of 11 all the way through it. Um, But something because of that, I feel like I went from watching it through my fingers, cringing, to just being completely slack-jawed. Uh, but then the audacity of it, I've just mm. found it to be really brave. How long is it going to last? I don't know. One week, two weeks? And how do you dispose of ideas like, like honesty and loyalty? If I could only believe that it happened cleanly at first sight. Okay. It makes things easier. How was it he spent the first night I met him, if you have to know? What do you expect of me? Look what you're doing! <laughs> No one is good or bad, but if you want, I am bad or bad. If you knew he existed in this world, I would have never had Bob with you. Sam Neill and Isabella Gianni, their performance is here especially. She's great. The commitment that they show in it throughout it is unflinching. And mm. I just think, wow. Because I was exhausted after an hour. So I thought, how did you do that for however long it took to yeah. shoot? <laughs> See, I was left thinking, how did they ever work ever again? Yeah. And why on earth did she get a prize at any film festival? She's got a few, didn't she? She's got yeah, a couple. She's got yeah. a season on a... I did, I, I, I suppose I can see what you're saying in terms of the commitment and stuff, but it just didn't hit, it just completely... It just didn't hit that note for me whatsoever. Yeah. You, and they didn't... It just felt like... Uh, completely poorly performed and delivered and directed film to yeah. me. It was just, I, it, it was like they were given free reign and given some sort of direction in some way, mm. but actually nobody, nobody exercised any control. They just said, "Be his, be hysterical." Yeah, everybody performs either completely and utterly calm, practically like they're drugged, or. They they crank it up to eleven. <coughs> completely hysterical. And there's no there's no mid ground whatsoever. Yeah. You're wrong because there is mid ground. There's scenes where people are one person's completely batshit crazy, spinning around walls, and then the other person's playing the completely calm drug thing. It happens <laughs> at exactly the same time. And I was looking at the characters going, "Are you using the same scene? Is this yeah. happening at exactly <laughs> the same time?" Yeah. Because I do not understand no. it. Because the calm people didn't react to the fact that that person. Was camply spinning down a staircase, explaining what was oh, going on. Heinrich. Yeah, when Heinrich turns. I love that scene. 
That was one of the scenes where I was like, I ba- think- completely baffled, like holding my head, thinking, "What on earth?" And I kept looking at Ben, and Ben was trying to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> he was trying to go to sleep whilst this film was on after the first five minutes, but then he couldn't, and then he ended up sitting up and just staring at it in disbelief for the rest of the, the rest of the film. I don't know what it was. There's something about it. I think it was really well made. I think the direction of it, I think the way it looked, I think the camera work, the the way the cameras... But there was a scene where... Um, it's like the free, free-form cameras, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. just walks around and follows... It people. just follows them, similar to um, Son of Soul, mm. quite recently was, that came out, where you kind of feel like you're stuck behind some of the whole mm. film. There were moments like that... Oh, that was Polish as well. There were moments like that where I felt completely in there with them. I didn't identify with them, though. I was t- still alienated by them and thought, this is fucking mad the whole time. But there was just something about the way, the the, the skill with which it was made. And I, I actually thought the acting was fabulous. Yeah. I, I thought that these people have been told to act like lunatics. Um, and, and what I thought, the, I mean, and I haven't, I've read up loads on it. And I, I actually, one of the things I can't find is why they acted like that. I think if you watch, I've seen this a few times, and I think if you watch the early scenes again, all the scenes with Sam Neill, like Mark and Anna, they don't actually connect. There's a big disconnect. In those early scenes, you see them, they're shouting and acting, but they're not shouting at each other, they're just shouting, and they're both generally in the same area. Well, did you see the scene where they meet the, the, yeah, the scene in the cafe. And they're in they're the, separate tables. The face and opposite. Well, that, well, that's... Is speaking, that about the disconnected? Well, that's the, that's the relationship, isn't it? The yeah. relationship is disconnected, so the acting and the performance is disconnected. The, like, yeah. there's the, I think there's a scene where he's sitting in a rocking chair and yeah, they're not even... Nice. Flying backwards and forwards. They're not even looking at each other. That was creepy. That was yeah. creepy. And I think that's what that, the acting has done. But that scene in the that scene in the cafe where they arranged to meet, I can, I can see what you mean in terms of that that they made the symbolism of how they've sat. Yeah. But I didn't think it just was just it just didn't it just completely rang a false note yeah. for me. And it's like why aren't the people around them reacting? Why do and then they react when it starts this complete <laughs> yeah. mayhem. I mean, what what I got they, from it was it's just. The way that they were acting was, you know, the way like you can be in a situation which we've all been in, <coughs> where you are sitting and you're in the middle of something that's absolutely dreadful. All you want to do, all you want to <laughs> do, is scream and trash the place. But you go, anyway. Who wants a cup of tea? Hmm. I felt like this film was about well, how it it was about bringing to life that feeling of feeling trapped and wanting to just lose your mind mm. and scream and trash things. It was about all of those unspoken hmm. screams. I'm dying inside. I'm screaming inside. All that sort of stuff. It was about that manifesting because here, basically, the point of the point of the the tentacle creature and all that sort of stuff was meant to be her, the sort of the darkness in her coming to life, basically. Hmm. Um, so the monsters were, you know, it was like you know your personal demons, your private demons hmm. become reality. That's that's what the point of that was. So I felt like the point of all of that crazy acting, especially at the beginning. I felt like that was the same thing. It was like what's inside them is shown as reality in this film. There's a scene where they're fighting in the streets and the next thing all these cars start crashing. 
Yeah, the truck, the truck, that's the swerve, uh, yeah. and then all cars tip over. And it's like, like she can't be spins around and walks away with a cape on. Yeah. Did enjoy that. And then but he starts playing football with some kids. Yeah. And he turns around and plays football, coming yeah, in blood. Yeah. But that's, um, but that, for me, that was that was another thing that hammered home what the points of the film, that <coughs> element of the film might be, was that um, they're in a turmoil and they're basically the end of their world was becoming the end of the real world around them. So it was manifesting itself as car crashes, as all this crazy stuff. And then they just carry on like Hifton's normal mm. because that's what you do when you're going through that kind of thing. You know, you just sort of... Well, that, that's it. Of Pose yourself out to the world. Your, your world, if it's a marriage and you've got kids, then the world is ending, but you've still got to do the mundane things, haven't you? You know, you've still got to exist and do everyday stuff. You know, that wasn't something you could just... Shows up like six times, and well, the kid the does nearly the time, time, doesn't he? Just, they're just fucking off. Well, he like, kills himself. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> is he actually dead at the end? Of the the yeah, okay, yeah. Which is impossible to do. I'm just gonna say that. Well, it's meant right. to be a reflection because at, at the beginning, um, Mark comes home and he finds him scuba diving in the bath. So it's, mm-hmm. a, it's a symbol of happiness. It's his happiness. Oh, I did get that there was a wraparound as well with the guy with the pink socks pink socks yeah, yeah. But that, which I once like, again I thought he was a psychiatrist so I thought it was an insane man that he was dealing no, with was, and then at the end the, the insane man was free the, the, at the very end of the debrief where the, the last yeah. of the panel says and it does our subject still, still have wears pink socks yeah. yeah and I made a note of that I thought that's got to be significant and I didn't know quite why and I still didn't really quite understand at the I end until he reappeared. Yeah. I'm so jealous that you got all of this from the film because you explaining it, I can understand. But my experience watching the film is, yeah. it didn't say any yeah. of that to me. Yeah. And I think I said to you the other day, the film that I can cl- most closely relate it to as an experience and how uncomfortable it was for me was um human centipede three and that's how appalling experience <laughs> I, I had not because human centipede, not because of the horror of the, you know the disgusting nature of human centipede three human centipede three is a just a terrible it's a shit it's film. a terrible film to watch yeah but there's no aside from any of story of the actual horror it's just appallingly done yeah and that was my experience of possession yeah, yeah. it wasn't it, you I think I actually said to you, possession is second only yeah. to human century. <laughs> Maybe a distant second, but it's a second yeah. only. Right? Which is like... So I am envious of you that you've been able to get yeah. get that stuff from it, because I, I can see from what you're saying, I can understand it. I have to say, saying. though, for the over the weekend, uh, my friend Sue came today, and she's a director, and she, uh, she loves confrontational, tough usually foreign filmmaker and over the weekend we watched a, a short film about killing which is a short film about killing um, we watched um, and that's what it's called yeah okay. mm-hmm. we watched a short film about killing we watched Love is the Devil 
and we watched Michael, which is an Austrian film about a, a, a normal everyday office worker who just happens to have a nine-year-old boy in his basement who he rapes nightly. Oh, cute. And um, we spent the whole weekend talking about those kinds of confrontational films that are come at you in a really fucked up way. And I feel like maybe that kind of lubed up my brain for this film. I feel yeah, like I, yeah. I feel like I've really like warmed up for the for the warehouse of possession. So maybe I was just a bit more open. I don't know. Maybe. Not to say that you're closed in any way, but maybe I was just a bit more like susceptible. Maybe and I think I think I don't think I I don't think I I am closed. I just think it think it think it spoke to me because yeah. I think I do. I do generally get the point of things, even if I don't. Enjoy them. Even if yeah. you don't treat them like <laughs> yeah, yeah, I can understand how what, what they're trying, trying, to do. trying to do there. <laughs> yeah. Um, and you know, I made plenty of notes, and there's like there are interesting lines, even if we, even without the um, even without liking or or necessarily understanding the film. Can I just know? say? I love you, Marge. I love you, Marge. <laughs> Marge is just like Marge is probably my favourite character, she and she's like one of the most bizarre. Why? I mean, how it's like she's so random yeah. with her cats yeah. with a little heel. <laughs> <laughs> I love that she's still wearing the heel. Like, that's so gay. Yeah, all the men are sort of like nobody seems to be talking to each other. Everyone seems to be talking as if the other person's not mm. there. And I've viewed it a completely different way to what you viewed it. Yeah, I think the, I, I think, think that's the direction, though, isn't it? That's mm. the direction. He's told them, you know. This is a relationship that you don't really talk to each other. You just shout and you're just shouting at, at anyone. Yeah. You're not it, really talking just, to each other. It resonates different. Yeah. It is, it's re- resonated in that way to you. And maybe it is about headspace. Like mm. where you're saying you come into it. Mm. I watched it today and I'd literally had the most stressful 20 minutes of my life. Mm. I tried to make tea, completely fucked it up. Ended up having <laughs> What's that to me? Oh my god! I tried to flavour some fucking chicken piece, well, fake chicken, vegan pieces. And, pieces uh, of a vegan. I thought I put some vinegar <laughs> in it, and I put red wine vinegar in it, which apparently tastes like shit. So then I tried to cover it up. <laughs> I ended up with this mush in a pan. Oh. So I had waffles with spaghetti for me to <laughs> for me to. Now imagine that experience. Interpreted as a really strange piece of theatre in an mm. off-Broadway, tiny it's auditorium, film, really. <laughs> and that's what <laughs> I feel like. That's, that's what. Cool. Yeah, I just. My <laughs> now I understand it. <laughs> now I like this film. <laughs> Vegan chicken is the answer. To it. <laughs> it makes sense. It represents exactly my mood at this moment. It's depressing. <laughs> dank. Dank. Dank is such a good word. <laughs> Oh God! I do like some of the line. There's some. There are some line. I can't even remember some of the context of some of the lines that I've Great. noticed. But you look uglier. You look vulgar to me, which I think was like um, Zimmerman, the gay detective. Mm-hmm. I think he was. He was. He had the shiny suit and the terrible hair. <laughs> <laughs> I think what gay self-respecting gay man in 1981 would. Dress himself like that. And why did they, in that scene with him and Mark, did they look like they were about to kiss? Oh, yeah. yeah. They suddenly played a scene like they were in love. Which, the, I, yeah, I thought that was interesting. The worst privatise in the world. Like... <laughs> he just runs down. He's skipping the yard. 
I made I made that and those about the very indiscreet private detective. But he loves his tray of wieners. <laughs> it's, so, it's so comfy. Literally the day in my work we've got a temporary security guard. And um he was watching two girls who he thought was rocking and there's like there's like pillars in my work with like mirrors on them. And I was watching him from the till and he's standing behind the pillar and he just peeks his head out, you know, like Kind of like peekaboo style, where it just one head tilts out, and he's staring at these two girls, and I'm staring at him going, "You're fucking ridiculous!" Like <laughs> you are so obvious. That's what this man was, but worse. Well, he walks up the stairs and then walks back out of the stairs when the girl comes out. And pretends to be still walking up the stairs by stamping his feet. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I used to do when I was to go to bed. <laughs> I was gonna say that's like something your nephews would do. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> You need to go to bed, me and my dad have to have a discussion and I'd go to the stairs and go... And pretend to be <laughs> Oh, God. What, isn't, isn't his cover when he comes back? Isn't this the window inspector? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. Some some lady's been hit by a pane of grass. I need to expect all your windows. Yeah. There are no windows in the bathroom. I need to inspect there anyway. <laughs> That's a very funny that there was no windows in the bathroom. She, well, she knew what was coming. Yeah. Mm. I understood that bit. Yeah. I didn't know what was coming. I still don't know what was coming. It, well, it, I mean, it's, it's, it is really fucked up. I mean, you know, I'm not going to sit here and pretend that I understood the whole thing because it didn't. All I got from it was what I sort of, I sort of read into it originally. And then I went off and read, and mm. read loads of stuff, and read other people's opinions, and then I was like, oh, okay, and then Ben did the same. And he was like, oh, okay, okay, but you still don't get more than half of... No, I think it's not a purpose. To, I watched the making of, and even the director himself says, it's, you know, I, I defy anyone to give yeah. a good explanation of the of, yeah. of what the monster is. I feel like some of it's just pretentious shit. Well, it like, is, yeah. I'm all, like, <laughs> I'm all for, like, looking for... Like, and I hate when people say to me, can't you just tell you who's told me? I can't just watch a film and enjoy it. And I'm like, I am watching it and enjoying it. I'm just looking at it at a deeper meaning than you. But this feels like one of those films where someone's just, we're really cool and interesting. <laughs> and we're like trying to do something different and take you off the edge. And you've got to really think about this film. And it's like, but are you being smart or are you just being so ridiculous that you have no sense? And I think, I, I agree. I think there was some elements of it where... Yeah, there is something. There is something around trying to do something extreme and experimental. Mm-hmm. But if you're really being experimental, there's something quite organic about it. Where, as it felt, lots of it felt really contrived, and yeah. I think that's probably where it hit. It's, it. That's how why it didn't it hit a poor note or an off note for me. Yeah, Because yeah. I never <clears> quite <throat> got there. Because I constantly felt like everybody's everybody's delivery and movement all their movement and how they held themselves were really really contrived and maybe that was part of the symbolism of it you, yeah. you could you could read that into anything yeah. you? You know, yeah. how people are not genuine in any, we, any relationships yeah. and we all walk that, how through that the, we, we act it. our way through this relationship, relationship and all that yeah um, yeah definitely yeah where I, I just found it just meant i actually found it really difficult and not able to just sort of get, I couldn't, I couldn't, I just couldn't swim mm. along with it. Yeah, I think, I think, I, I think a lot of what pulled me in was the beauty, there was a, I found a, there was a beauty to it. I thought, mm. I thought Isabella Gianni especially, 
I think I fell in love with her a little bit. I think she was. I thought she, there was something really beautiful about her. I first saw her in um, there's a seventies remake of Nosferatu. Hmm. By. Finn Hertog. Finn Hertog. And she's in that, and I loved mm-hmm. her in that as well. There's just something about her face that I love. She reminds me a bit like Jennifer Connelly mm-hmm. type yeah. look. So I was sucked in by that. I, I was I was a bit um, captivated by mm-hmm. her. So the scene in the so the f- most famous scene in the film is the underpass scene, which is the best scene, which is like unbelievable. And um, apparently he told apparently Zalewski told Isabella to fuck the air. That was his direction to her. For that scene. She definitely does at one point. Well, when watching this as well, I was like, she must be a professional dancer. Like, she must have been. And then I think after this, she does the does the ballet scene, mm. so I'm guessing the woman was actually a professional dancer because when she does it, it feels very much like it's like it's a dance, isn't it? It's like dance, and she's yeah. moving around and actually, once that scene was really captured me. Yeah. I did watch it and I was quite into that. Yeah, everything about it, the milk splashing up the wall and everything. I just kept thinking she's going to have to go back to Netto now <laughs> <laughs> and buy milk and eggs because she's just throwing them all over the place. Um, I was like, one cow's already suffered, and now another cow's gonna have to suffer, cause you threw it everywhere and had an abortion in the street. Selfish bitch. But she then does have a miscarriage, with like gloop and different colours. Yeah, stuff. that's amazing. See, yeah, I didn't get on that. I just thought she was just like, it's like was it a miscarriage? So that's me. I just thought it was she was just like I don't know, jizz and milk. So looking back over it, <laughs> looking back over it, and then and then obviously reads on other people's interpretations. So that scene in the underpass chronologically is before the film so it's before the it's it's as the marriage is about to break she's losing she's she's given over to, to the fact that she's walking away from this marriage she's losing her faith it's like her hatred her hatred for Mark is coming out so she miscarries so think of it this way no she, no no, <laughs> no hippy dippy bullshit this is bullshit <laughs> no no listen so she gives birth in the in the past miscarries so her miscarriage is the thing that is in the bedroom because that's her darkness, that's her, that's the evil side of her, that's the, she's an evil woman because she's leaving her family. It's growing in a bed. She then starts to fuck it as it grows and grows and grows and then at the end there are two marks and the other mark is the thing that she miscarries, it's like the dark side of her grown. I think that's just so convenient. It makes too much sense for this film. But I think that the things that make sense, but if they've just they've, they've but the, on purpose they've gone in there and made it as confusing as possible. When did um, Hellraiser come out? Maybe think of Hellraiser too. Yeah. Because this is this to me like like a strong. It felt like someone watched Hellraiser and then took a shit ton of acid before Hellraiser. Well, no, this well, is like before. six years before. So Clive Barker's clearly. So Clive Barker saw this and yeah. then went. I'm going to make something that makes a little bit of sense well, from this shit. That's what she's doing. Isn't she's luring people to the house and killing them and yeah. feeding, feeding them to the, the monster. Mm. Tentacle monster. I feel like this could be actually, you could actually talk about this film for hours because there's so much in there that you could. I really like Heinrich. I think he, as a character, <laughs> I think he's brilliant. 
I just think he's so so fun. I, I feel like we need to film this podcast so we can do Heinrich's moves. <laughs> yeah. And when he turns up with his shirt, and he's just his shirt. He's constantly undone. I kept thinking he was wearing jumpsuits, but he mm-hmm. wasn't. He was wearing matching shirts and like, pants. It's only like two buttons fastened down there, aren't they? Uh-huh. And his mum. Really and he lives, yeah, I was fascinated by his mum. <laughs> <laughs> she walks in in the middle of an argument. As though nothing, nobody's even there. Never mind. There's no argument. Just walks into one room. Doesn't even come back out when they start punching each other. Yeah. And then later on, it's like, are you telling me no, they're not that they're, they're, they're not you, they've not been in the house? You mean you were there when they were fucking? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> 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 like, but again, that's disconnect, isn't it? It's Heinrich's yeah. mom. That's someone living in. There's two people inhabiting the same space that aren't living together, and it's the same with Heinrich and his mom, and it's the same with Mark and Anna. So the, that's why they're constantly not looking at each other when they're doing stuff and they're sitting at funny angles from each other. It's all about disconnect. That's why they live next to the Berlin Wall because it's, it's, it's divided. So Heinrich's mum is that random old woman at the end because yeah, yeah. I yeah, totally not yeah, get that. Yeah. I was like, who the fuck's this woman? Yeah, That's why she kills herself because Heinrich's... Totally did not get that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I was like watching that girl. Heinrich's death is really... I was really excited at that. It's just oh, such a undignified end. I love the way that that Mark makes himself sick with a feather. Yeah, he's got a with a feather and um, pukes into a toilet the just toilet to get Heinrich's attention. The toilet was the wrong way around. I was really confused. Like the hole was like the closest side to the. Basement. That's what. That's what you're. I'd be that's like, what that's you're like. Yeah, yeah. yeah. tiny. <laughs> Me you and Mark have got you a lot of experience. <laughs> you poo on the shelf and then you can look at it. That's really strange. Oh, I don't want to go to Berlin anymore. By the way, guys, Stephen's going to Berlin imminently, so he's gonna he's gonna learn the, the strange ways. Yeah, I've got Germany. recommendations from John, so I probably won't come back alive. No. But you will enjoy pooing on a shelf. Pooing on a shelf. That's all just some beer cake. I feel it's from the <laughs> That's just a night. <laughs> pooing on a shelf. Thursday. I don't care. I'm at the eighty. I did. I did love the line at the end where Mark is speaking to Heinrich Mom, um, and and she's talking about you know loving everyone. <coughs> and Mark come back is I met a man who loved everything and he died in a flood of shit. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he gets whacked with the top of a sink. You know he gets whacked with the top of a toilet and then drowned gets, yeah. in the toilet. Yeah. There's another line I, I like, and I could have said another, another one, I can't remember the context, but it is near the end. And um, somebody says, You come like the angel of death. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. I didn't hear that. Come. Oh, I thought that's I loved And it might be actually about you arriving rather than actually coming. But, but I had to make the note of yeah, that. Yeah, we can read it to whichever way you. Yeah. We can make a euphemism out of it. We can. The only other scene apart from the underpassing that I really thoroughly enjoyed was the random scene where the, the man with the pink socks before we knew he had pink socks <laughs> and there's the dog floating in the shame and he goes that dog didn't die of old age and it's just like set to this like thumping techno music yeah it's like do do and it feels like they're a disco and yeah. it's like these two just like interact and they spin around each other and like they just talk and it's like it was like a music video it's, it's, it's utterly so, ridiculous it's so camp and weird and strange and so it was like yeah. they that's yeah. why I like and the when Heinrich first turns up at his house and the way they like dance around each other, it's like animals almost like preen and animals and they're like dancing around each other and it's yeah. like that's the test of manhood, isn't it? It's like right. you've come into my yeah. domain and that's why they're like dancing uh, around each other okay. like that. It's like an animal. Oh, interesting. Mm-hmm. Didn't I didn't see that. Yeah. Yeah. Mainly because I just saw a gay man spin down the stairs. <laughs> 
It, it, do you know what? <laughs> it's one of those films that I feel like the more you watch it, the more you'll appreciate. Yeah, the first time I watched it, I didn't like it. However, the thing is, watching it once is hard enough. Yeah. To say I didn't like it, I kind of, I just, I watched it when I was younger. I was, you know, I'd say, oh, well, I watch some of these uh, video nasty, you see what's all about. So I think I watched it as a triple bill with like yeah. Texas Chainsaw Massacre and Carnival Holocaust. So it would be. If you were comparing it to those two films, it's a it's bit slow. It's, yeah. it's a hard watch. It's a hard watch compared to those, so I didn't like it. And then I've, I've, I've gone back and watched it again. Do you think that'd be more cheery than those two films? <laughs> yeah, a lot more cheery. It's one of the it's one of the films that, that no, but you've got certain expectations from what a video nasty. Well, yeah, which do. this definitely doesn't doesn't I did, really. I, do. I did think when I was watching it, I would love to have been a fly on the wall when like some you know horny. Gang of teenage lads. Yeah, yeah, and so many of my fantasies start with that. Um, <laughs> so horny gang of teenage lads found this in a video shop. I'm like, it's a video nasty. Look, quick, let's watch it and then watch the faces. Yeah. <laughs> Especially with the cover. Yeah. yeah. You. My boyfriend said we need to recreate that with you. <laughs> <laughs> so there you go. There's a more famous. He's person. not a horny teenager, but you know. With it, the, my first is the one I saw the back. Yeah, it's the more famous one, isn't it? The, yeah. the, the more famous one is by a Polish uh, artist called uh, Basia Baranowska, and it's um, you'll, you'll know when you see it, I think, because I recognized it and I, I've never seen the film before. And it's like it's it's hair, it's a woman with her hair is all tentacles, and the tentacles are reaching for her tits. Oh, wow, yeah, it's that really, sounds that's familiar. It's really good. I like that. It's really good. I think does this one deserve to get banned? Like, was it offensive? Apparently, Fairman was really, really against the abortion scene. That was what he mm. did. I think and that, it is a bit that's, extreme. That's probably, if it is what it is, a miscarriage abortion scene, I get that. If I'm honest, but, no, I don't think it should have been banned. No. If I'm also honest about what my reaction to it was, was... That sh- it should be banned just because it was so awful. Yeah. I was so ang- I was so angry having watched it and yeah. spent two hours watching it. I thought that's why it should be banned. Yeah. It's really pissed me off. It's like a yeah. two-hour anxiety attack yeah. on screen. It really is. But actually, that's not good enough for it to be banned. So yeah, no, I don't think it should have been banned. It's one of the films that lasted for the least amount of time on the list, though, because mm. one, once people actually once it was investigated, they took it off the list because they were like, "No, this is ridiculous. This this isn't a video." Because even the even the sex scenes with the monster aren't actually no. disturbing. You know, I could have no. been. I could have been much more horrified and disturbed by what I, by what I saw. You know, you could have been repelled or disgusted by that. And mm. I, you, and I'm sure I probably, I can't think, but I'm sure I've been repelled and disgusted by other strange scenes in horror films yeah. that have been sexual compared to that. And it didn't, it just didn't leave me really with anything. And I mean, it was like, almost maybe a bit, maybe it even was a bit sensual in some way. Well, I, feel like, I feel like, I feel like after watching the film for an hour and a half, at which point that scene comes on, I feel like you've been beaten over the head so much for an hour and a half, you're desensitised. Yeah. You're like, oh, yeah. okay, <coughs> she's having sex with an octopus, fine. Yeah. The ending did remind me, did it remind anyone else of The Omen? Because uh, Sam Neill's in these like, Omen films, isn't he? He's Damien. He's Damien, and mm. that ending... It's almost the same. But there's someone who is the dad and Mark is is he's the grown up Damien in Omen Three. In Omen Three. Oh, 
And that, that reminded me of it because it's almost like he's become the Antichrist. He's become yeah. this perfect hate symbol yeah. that Anna's brought into the world. And Bob's saying, don't let him in. Yeah, don't let him don't in. Let and him he just throws in. himself. I, th- I thought it was really himself. scary and then really upset him. Because it's like, you've got yeah. the teacher. Do you ever find the teacher's name? She's Helen. Helen. And she is, she, so she is the good side. So it's Isabella Johnny again. She's the good side. Yeah. She's she's the she's the so there's the good and the bad. So Isabel so Helen is the teacher who Bob's looks after teacher. Bob. Yeah. Same With green actress. eyes. It's the same actress. Same actress yeah. from the work and But she wears white, she's got green eyes. She's the good side. Totally messed up with it. She's the good side to Anna's bad side. And then what's happening is Mark's bad side's knocking at the door at the end and you can see him through the glass. And Bob's saying, don't let him in, don't let him in. And then that's you hear, why he himself. And then you hear the um, sirens, because that's the end of the world. It's the apocalypse, because okay. it's Bob's world ending. That adds something to this. Yeah. Because I didn't get into that. Yeah. And then now that makes sense with the double parallel. Yeah. The book. But that was probably the scene that I got the most. Yeah. And I think because it was just a nightmare for, for Bob. Mm. I was never quite comfortable with a little boy being called Bob. For some yeah, it's, weird. it's just like bizarre. <laughs> but I really, really felt uh, I did actually feel sympathy for Bob all the way through because at one point he's completely neglected. He's like yeah. filthy. He's been on his own in the in the apartment. I found that disturbing. It's just yeah. really, really disturbing. When Mark comes back, doesn't he? Yeah. At, the, at the start, and he just says... doesn't care. But that moment, that very, very final scene, and the the um the bad side of Mark is at the door and he's pressed up against the glass and moving really strangely, very, very strange. Yeah. And Bob is saying, don't, don't open it, don't, don't open, open it, it, don't open it. And it's don't open, don't put open, don't open. And just constantly repeating it in that really distressed, yeah. <clears throat> distressed but understated way that children can yeah. behave. It, that was, that was really heartfelt moment. Yeah. yeah. The, the interesting about Helen as well, there was there's a great scene in it where she says, I come from a land where evil can be seen or mm. you can see the evil in people. Yeah. And that, that reflects the... So basically the director, so Zalewski, Polish. Um, grew up in... So, so came up in a communist society um, and was expelled from Poland because they thought his films were blasphemous, they thought his films were subversive, so he fucked off to France. Um so, so he wanted to make a film. So basically, two things happened in his life. He had that um, political experience uh, where he's exiled from, from his, home, his home because of his beliefs. And also he went through a messy divorce. Those, yeah. those two things happened in the same like five-year period. So this film came from that. So basically, he's making a film where he's shown what happens when unseen evil becomes reality that you can mm-hmm. see so he's taking an unseen evil and putting it on the screen so that's why she fucks the monster and that's why they start hacking at, each, hacking at themselves it. with the electric it's car it's so weird and when she <coughs> she hacks her neck and then he puts a puts a bandage around the neck but the, it almost looks like a scarf straight away it's yeah. like she manages yeah. to make it look gorgeous straight she, away yeah because <laughs> she's amazing yeah, yeah. that was kind of yeah um Every success of ours, you know, friends. Yeah, you know. Definitely, definitely. And then he just starts hacking himself in the arm. He starts in hacking his arm. arm. And she doesn't even care. She's just not even, she just walks off. Oh, oh well. He's like, he, he still cares for her, even though what's happening. Mm. He's still looking after her, but she doesn't give a shit about it. Yeah. 
Um, um, yeah, so this isn't me being clever or anything I got from the film. This is from watching interviews with the director. Mm. And he basically, so he looks at sci-fi and horror as masks people use to tell the truth. So with yeah. this, that's what he's doing again. He's using monsters to tell the truth about the, the monsters underneath the skin and the reality and all that sort of stuff. Um, so yeah, it was one of those films where I didn't get, I didn't completely get it. I was, I was abused by it for two <laughs> hours. But there was a beauty in it for me, and and it made me want to go and research more and look more into it. Um, so for that, I really appreciate it, and I, w- I actually would watch it again. Yeah, I'd, I'd watch it. I've watch seen it a few times, and I'd watch it again. Yeah, like every time you watch it, you get more out of it. Yeah, I don't want to watch it again. But you feel like it might. I feel like I might have to. Mm. At some point in the it future, have... given given what you've been saying, I, I do don't th- actually want to. And maybe I will come down from my view of not wanting to watch anything by this director ever again. But I still feel really reluctant. There's probably yeah. well, there's there's so many films out there that I'd probably watch in preference. Well, <laughs> and also why put yourself through two hours of it again if, you, if it's, you're not going to enjoy it? Yeah. And there, there are so many other films that we need to cover for this podcast. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I I understand and appreciate. Like your kind of viewpoints, and I kind of get where you're coming from from it. But yeah, I didn't appreciate it. I didn't experience it in that way. It's not enough for me to want to view it again. I'd probably show it to someone to go. To fuck with them. Shit, this is. <laughs> That's very. I odd. think Terry nearly had a heart attack. Yeah. I was gonna say, how did Terry react? Oh, he was fuming. <laughs> like <laughs> actually angry. I think. I've only ever watched one film that made me angry, and it wasn't this. What was it? Signs. Oh, I love signs. Oh no, the science was good when I watched it the first time and then when I watched it again I was like, what is this bullshit? What did, has Louise seen this? Uh, she saw a bit of it. Um, she was upstairs revising for an exam. Oh. And she walked down and saw the tunnel abortion scene and just walked in and walked right back out again. <laughs> <laughs> and didn't Matt leave halfway Matt through? Matt left halfway through. <laughs> thinking he'd endured so much that it must be ending soon. And then when I texted him later in the night and said, it's only just ended, he was like, well, that was only halfway through. Oh. Um, so yeah, I'm. Do you know what? I'm actually quite pleased that I've seen the film for this podcast. That I've actually had such a strong yeah. negative reaction Definitely. about because there's been a, there's been a couple that Steve hasn't liked that actually that I have liked. Like there was one of the um, was it the, the house with the laughing laughing, window, laughing windows, windows that I really loved and you didn't you didn't like. But actually, um, it's quite. You, it's quite a good experience just to actually have experienced a film that actually just had such a visceral yeah, hatred to for it's, it's changed once again my opinion of that like I don't feel like it was that bad anymore right <laughs> it was in comparison I feel like I could watch that yeah. I don't feel like I could watch this but maybe it's just in retrospect and yeah. that's a distant memory now I feel like that was boring to yeah. me this was like just bad just, just bad <laughs> just bad and I tend to be quite polar. I tend to either love something with loads and just want to devour it, or I'm like, "Yeah, this was the mm. worst thing that's ever happened to me, and <laughs> this was the worst thing that's ever happened to me. And for the first time ever, I'm going to say, do not fucking watch it. Well, I totally disagree. Watch it no. and, and have your mind fucked without any lubrication for two hours and just see how that feels. Yeah, I'd, I'd recommend watching it. I think it's a good film. Yeah. I, don't, I, don't, yeah. I don't think it should be a video nasty, but... It's worth a watch. I look, it's all about distribution. Sorry, man. Sorry, and maybe, I don't know, maybe just because something's so awful doesn't necessarily mean you shouldn't watch it. Sometimes having an awful experience is what you need to do. Yeah, true. I, but 
just so you know that you don't like something. Mm, yeah, I, I appreciate not liking something as well. So, like, I'm glad I've had the choice to watch it and go, I hate it. If I'd heard this podcast that we've just recorded, I'd want to go out and watch this right now mm. to the side. Yeah, it's for yourself. Really. I had to watch a period of drama afterwards to bring myself down before I went to sleep. <laughs> so, <laughs> there you go. Torture on top of torture for Stephen. But, you know, looking at the subway scene, in a way, this is a period drama. <laughs> <laughs> Can I just say as well, two random facts, um, <coughs> that um, the guy who made the alien, uh, the guy who made the tentacles fuck abortion monster actually made E.T. <laughs> as well. Oh, well. Wow. And... the finger. And... <laughs> <laughs> I'll be ready. <laughs> um, and... Um, <laughs> and the, the, when this film was released to America, they cut half an hour from it and then added extra scenes to make it look more like a horror movie and put like a different soundtrack over it. So imagine how fucked up your head was after watching two hours of this film. Imagine it with some of it cut away so you didn't understand even less of it. I think you could cut half this film and I still wouldn't understand any more of it. <laughs> yeah. So they made a baffling film even more baffling. I'd like to see that version, see if that made... I think it that probably made more would. sense. <laughs> yeah. it's, not very, it's not very accessible, is it at all, I don't think. Well, yeah, I don't know how it would work in the, yeah, in the wider no. film market in America. No, definitely not. And how interesting it wasn't released in Berlin until 2009... Go. Despite being filmed there in 1982. Well, it was filmed in 1982. Mm. Well, I, I really enjoyed it. It's polarised us like it polarised people at the time. Um, so for that reason, I think that's always a good reason to watch any film, yeah. just yeah. to sort of form yeah. your own opinion on it and see what all the fuss is about. Maybe I'm being pretentious. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, there's a big side of me that likes a pretentious arty movie, and, yeah. I, and I got that. I think that's film. what it is. It was a, pretent- it's a pretentious art house film that was yeah. mistaken for a video nasty, and... and it's just a weird one. You yeah. just have to watch it and see what you think. Yeah. And you were, and that's right. If, yeah. if exactly that it is a potential yeah. house movie, space mistaken for a video. Yeah. See, I just think it was a shit film and mistaken for a potential house house film. <laughs> oh. So I'm not using pretentious in a negative term. You know, no, no. Pretentious is good. Isn't it? Pretentious yeah, is fun. Pretentious. We all do. Yeah. Pretentious more. No, I do like the like the theatric, the kind of theatrical way that it's shot. I think that does add a lot to it. I think it looks amazing. I love it. Oh, Mark, your wife keeps her own secrets. Make her talk to me. It'll be the way that she wants. Tell me. Well, I think what you want to do to Bob is just... Inhuman. So what you're doing must be human. hate me as much as you like but it's you who wants to know things for me 
So please make it possible. So our foray into Video Nasties, our first foray back into Video Nasties, we thought we'd choose something really, really random, and we got that with Possession. <laughs> um, so um, we will probably, we'll end it there, and our next episode, our next Video Nasties episodes, we're going to talk about the burning. So please make sure you tune in for that. Um, and let us know what you think. That as a, you know, as I've said, this film polarises people. Everyone's got a really strong opinion on it. We've all got them. And we'd love to know what you think. So please um, please tweet me, at Johnny Larkin. Please tweet Stephen, at HC. 99. 99. Please tweet Jonathan Butler, at... Uh, uh, Cthulhu502. Cthulhu502. You can't tweet Martin because he refuses to join Twitter. Send him a letter. <laughs> send me a letter. Send me a letter by stagecoach. Send me a letter by stagecoach to the Pineapple Inn on Park Road. And I'll, um, I'll write back to you. <laughs> the Pineapple <laughs> <laughs> and you can also get us uh, old-fashioned email style screamingqueens with a z at gmail.com speaking of twitter i want to just uh, give shout outs to uh, quite a lot of people actually because um we our, our downloads are growing all the time we put a jello episode out just a week ago and we've had like 115 downloads on that already um which has been you know it's come really quickly um so thank you to the to the uh, the jello heads for for um sharing um, thanks Rachel Nisbet, Senior Ward, Cozy for Perversa, Jello Jello, Dr. Jello, Sean Cola, and uh, there's probably other people that I'm forgetting. Um, we, I did challenge Senior Ward to find out what the location was for um, the Killer Reserve 9 seats. He, he, he didn't really, he couldn't find anything. But, looked, but you saw something, didn't you, John? Yeah, there was a film on location on IMDb for it, and it was in, it was a place in this way, I can't remember the name of it now. Yeah. But uh, it looks like it. Yeah. What's it about? Yeah. Fabriano. Fabriano is the name of the town. Okay. Well, we're going to have to fly there just to check yeah. it out. And it shows you pictures of the theatre. And there's like a... And involve ourselves in incest. There's a, a, <laughs> a castle. And it looks like the part where they park all the cars and start to go up a hill. Don't they yeah. park on this hill? And it yeah. looks like that. Oh, looks okay. like that shot. So, yeah. So over on the East Coast. Senor Ward just gave us a bit of a pointer around our production. Oh, yeah, yeah. And so you... I just wanted to say thanks for that because we're gonna yeah we do take that on board and we want your feedback whether it's good or bad and we do yeah, listen to it we're, we're learning all the time we're not natural broadcasters or recorders so anything you can tell us is great because we know you're listening and we know you're supporting us so thanks very much we want to thank Chris Brown not not Chris Brown Christopher Brown good old fashioned scouser and he is a super super nerd, and he um, he's the guy who did the cheap thrills stuff at the small cinema, 
um, and uh, he actually gave me a, he gave me a lot of pointers on how to record our podcast in the beginning. But um, he's got an amazing. I mean, he's got, he does a lot of podcasts. He's currently doing the last horror podcast, but he's got an amazing Video Nasties podcast series that covers all of the prosecuted films. And um, I've, I've... Did he do it in one night, though? <laughs> no, he didn't do it in one night. But uh, I'll freely admit that I have raped your back catalogue to find <laughs> clues and info about the stuff we've discussed in our Video Nasties special, so thank you for that. And if you want to follow Chris Brown, he's, um, his Twitter handle is at orange underscore monkey. Um, and uh, yeah, and while I'm on it, I'd like to thank um, the people who've been retweeting us. We're really, really uh, grateful. John's Horror Corner, um, and that's at MFF Horror Corner, horror movie podcast, um, who have been going for a long time and, and were a big inspiration for me when I decided that we should do one. And they're at Horror Movie Cast, at UK Horror Scene, at uh, Freudstein2016, that's Captain Freudstein, who, who's a big Jello fan and, and has been retweeting us. It's brilliant. Um, 1980s movie graveyard um, Danny Cliff uh, uh, at Danny underscore Cliff he's a, he's a local he's a Liverpool horror um, fan and has been a big supporter of us Cadavercast so the Cadavercast are the father and son podcast that oh, we're talking yeah. about who were kind enough to mention us on one of their recent ones they were talking about King Kong Oh, really? Yeah, and it's a guy and his son. But the son, um, I don't know how old he is, but he sounds like he's about five. <laughs> oh. And he's amazing. He's a this legend. Yeah, his name's Al. And he's brilliant. Um, oh, you'll have to tell me on to that podcast. You, you'll listen. melt when you listen to him. He's brilliant. He, he knows his stuff about horror movies as well. Oh. He sounds like me when I was a kid. Um, Bud's Beer's Brutality podcast. Thank you. Rain Masters, Tea Terror podcast. Bobby Castro. Thank you. Amanda Ray's um, is fabulous. Um, she's, she's, uh, her Twitter is at Made for TV Mayhem and she does a blog and cast on trashy TV movies. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> and she's got a book coming out on that. Um, and um, uh, lovely Emma Costa 16. Thank Lovely. you for always listening and always retweeting us. We really, really appreciate it. And uh, Patrick Maguire, who's always given me tons of feedback on, mm-hmm. on, on the podcast. Um, thank you, Paddy. Um, your little diamond and um, last but not least at the retro cinema who do the the, the cover lots of 80s stuff um, and they, they, at the moment they've got a thing you should look out for they've got someone to put together a, a, um, a compilation video of 80s cinema moments set of like power rock and stuff oh, wow. <laughs> um, and it's brilliant on YouTube so check that out and thank you Gidget Von LaRue from the retro cinema who's always given me great feedback and we will get you on as a guest um, we've been me and Gidget have been joking about um doing an exploitation special because oh, well, she's based yeah. in Australia. Oh yes. So we will sort that out once I learn how to do Skype recording and not make it sound shit. Um. So yeah, we just yeah. So that's that's the uh, that's the end of the big list. I've, I've obviously missed people and I'm sorry, but thank you so much for your for your we love all your support. Thank you very it's much. Brilliant. Give us more. Just yes, we want more though. It's not enough. Applause, applause. <laughs> <laughs> Just tell your friends. <laughs> tell your friends. Get them to listen to us and tell us what we think. Thank you so much for tuning in, and we look forward to welcoming you back for our next video nasties special. Bye.